0: JobsWork MKE presents Bringing Trauma to Work, a guide for understanding and managing employees in distress. This is Part 5, What Employers Can Do, Tips for Creating a Trauma-Informed Workplace. How can you, as an employer, create the proverbial win-win situation? How can you make your workplace safe for employees dealing with trauma and make them reliable, productive assets for your business? And how can you do this in a realistic way without having to make accommodations that just aren't practical? The good news is you don't have to make major changes. So says Dimitri Topitsis, Ph.D., a professor at the University of
1: Wisconsin-Milwaukee who studies trauma. Many of those accommodations don't need to be dramatic or drastic. Um, They can be somewhat subtle, but they can make a huge difference in terms of the employee doing well in the job, staying in the job. It starts with
0: how you view trauma and those affected by it. And understanding, of course, nobody chooses to be traumatized.
2: We know that a lot of folks out there may believe that it, it's something they did, but it's not. It's not something an individual has done. It is something that has happened to an individual.
0: That's Michael Adams, president of Jobs Work MKE, a nonprofit that helps people find and keep jobs. Most people they serve have experienced trauma. He says to provide genuine support at work, some companies might need to rethink how they view employees.
2: It's not just this this relationship between, I want to hire you and you do this work. There's some in-between stuff, you know. I, I kind of akin it to like an Oreo cookie, you know, you got this great cookie on the outside and you got the stuff on the inside. And, 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 and what we have to do is make sure that that the whole thing is, is, is full and true, right? We have to make sure that that employer understands that it's, it's not just this relationship of just the work, it's, it's people.
0: But it's not only about helping the employee. You'll be helping your company or organization. So says Tim Grove, Senior Director of Trauma-Informed Strategy and Practice at WellPoint Care Network.
3: If I'm an employer, I want for eight hours or nine hours or 10 hours a day, the best part of my people doing whatever I'm asking them to do. If we think of it mathematically, if 50% of my humanity is diminished because I'm in survival mode, imagine if employers could do some simple things to sort of produce 25% of that back. Just the gains in productivity alone are pretty staggering.
0: So how can you provide this support? By becoming a trauma-informed organization. And what does that mean? Well, the International Employee Assistant Professionals Association, the EAP folks, define it as a way of seeing and responding to people who have likely been impacted by trauma by providing safety, compassion, and mindfully avoiding re-traumatization. And so what does it take to become trauma-informed? Well, the federal government's Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, known as SAMHSA, breaks the path into four parts— Each part begins with a letter R. Realize, recognize, respond, and resist. Let's start with realize. Everyone at your organization should realize how widespread trauma is.
2: That may be a a paradigm shift here where employers have to recognize that um, trauma is in their environment, trauma's everywhere. You have a current workforce that maybe you don't see it as much, but then you have a new workforce that's coming in, and it's really highlighting. Some of your
0: employees have experienced trauma as children, such as abuse, neglect, or family dysfunction. Others continue to experience trauma as adults, living in communities with high rates of crime, poverty, and unemployment.
3: Uh, A really great first step is just simply awareness. I'm constantly amazed at the stories I hear when people say just having somebody understand what might be going on with myself and view me in a way where I'm better seen and understood is powerful.
0: The second R is recognize, to recognize the signs and symptoms of trauma. People trying to cope with trauma might behave in ways that appear unusual, such as arguing with a supervisor, appearing not to listen or understand directions, isolating themselves, or exploding over a seemingly insignificant issue. It's important to recognize these behaviors as signs of trauma. Terry Darun Cassini, PhD, is an associate professor in the Division of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery at the Medical College of Wisconsin.
1: Individuals who are experiencing distress in relation to trauma really have a need to feel a sense of control so even if on the outset their behavior looks um, self-destructive or um, unusual it might purely be them attempting to restore a sense of control in their lives because traumas are really about an instantaneous sudden loss of control that results in a very fearful situation
0: the third r respond Experts say it's important to respond with empathy. Trauma expert Bruce Perry, MD, PhD, describes empathy in the book What Happened to You, which he co-authored with Oprah Winfrey. Empathy, he says, is the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, both in an emotional sense, to feel a bit of what they may feel, but also in a cognitive sense, to see the situation from their perspective. Kenneth Barron agrees. We met Kenneth in Part 2, where he shared his traumatic childhood experience of witnessing his stepfather beating his mother. Decades later, that still haunts him. He says at work, it's key to know someone who cares about you.
2: Some employees just got to be willing to get to know a person and to understand a person and to not judge. They have to step out of that position they're in to step in another position to help another person. Because we don't know the next person's flight through life, what they went through. But to realize that you know, if you see another person is hurting or, or they're self-destructing, can you you know step out of that position and say, look, man, I'm to come to you as a friend. If you need help any time, let me know. I, I, I can try to get you some help or guide you somewhere. Without
0: empathy, a tendency might be to assume the employees can and should just get over it. That's not a realistic expectation according to Tapitsis of
1: UWM. So it's not as if someone can just overcome it easily through, oh, an overture from someone else to say, don't worry about it, or a little bit of self-talk that says, eh, I'm in the workplace, you know, nothing's going to happen. That re- the tendency to respond and overreact to that, to that environmental cue is deeply neurophysiologically, neurobiologically rooted. And so in, in order to overcome it, it might require some... Ongoing supports from the environment um, that are not one-time, but again, ongoing.
0: Support can take many forms, all with a common goal to help the employee feel safe.
3: So if I can be reassured at work that threat is not going to be as probable here, I can start to relax a little bit. When I start to relax a little bit, everything that I'm capable of gets exponentially better.
0: One of the most important ways to do that is to help the employee create relationships at work. People who have been traumatized, especially by someone they knew, often have trouble trusting others, so they have a hard time creating relationships. Helping them connect with a mentor, a person they can learn to trust and confide in, can be
1: extremely helpful in making them feel safe. What could that look like? helping employees feel a little bit more intimately or personally connected to ongoing staff, staff who've already been um, uh, engaged in this workplace for a long time, know the workplace well, can help these new employees kind of learn the ropes. Uh, if, if this is me, for instance, I can, I can connect with you and say, hey, this is going on, and I, it, it feels like this is about to happen, or this is how I'm interpreting it, and you can help kind of calm me down, and you can do that on more than just one occasion. I've got one person to go to. That small little uh, overture, I think, can make a large difference in the possibility that someone will do well in the job and stay in the job.
0: In addition to enabling relationships, you can create opportunities for employees to calm their minds by focusing on rhythm. You can probably think of something rhythmic that makes you feel better. Walking, swimming, dancing, listening to music or to waves breaking on a beach. That's because rhythm is soothing, according to trauma expert Dr. Bruce Perry in the book What Happened to You? It's why we rock babies when they cry, he says. The infant feels more in balance and calms down. As an adult, Rhythmic movement activates that memory of safety.
3: We would argue that some of those activities, even for 30-year-olds or 40 or 50 or 60-year-olds, can have powerful effect on soothing that part of the body that wants to get into survival mode.
0: He uses rhythm to help healthcare providers who often walk from one part of a hospital to another
3: walking by definition is quite rhythmic and quite repetitive, right? So sometimes what we'll encourage them to do is to put some headphones on their ears, pull up their favorite song, and then synchronize the cadence of their steps to the beat of the song. And we believe if people can do that just maybe for a few minutes, a few times a day, they can reclaim some of their better parts of themselves.
0: Another tactic, Placing rocking chairs in your break room. That mimics the
3: motion and feeling of being comforted. Many of us believe for the five minutes they're on break in the rocking chair, they will get a dose, if you will, of feeling safe and relaxed.
0: The fourth and final R is resist. Resist re-traumatizing your employees. Companies can inadvertently create stressful or toxic environments that may trigger painful memories and re-traumatize employees. Under a trauma-informed approach, employers are taught how to recognize and avoid this. In part four, we use the example of a woman who had been sexually assaulted who is now working on an assembly line. As you can imagine, she would be vigilant about detecting potential physical threats. So when her supervisor approaches her from behind, she reacts as if someone is sneaking up on her and she's re-traumatized. As an employer who is aware of the prevalence of trauma and committed to not triggering your employees, you would
3: change your approach. They decide, we're not going to come from behind people when we approach them. We're always going to come from where they can see us in their field of vision. That is a really powerful thing that can come from awareness. And what that employee feels is, wow, that was different. Maybe it was accidental. Maybe somebody actually took the time to know a little bit about this stuff. I feel safer. I feel better seen and understood. And when that happens, it's a step towards feeling connected to the employer, to being a part of that employment process. And it, we believe, has a strong link to retention.
0: You can find more information about best practices for a trauma informed workplace at the website of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. It's SAMHSA. That's SAMHSA dot gov. Thank you so much for listening to Taking Trauma to Work, a production of Jobs Work MKE.